This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Driving Outcomes, your source for inspired solutions to address the most pressing leadership concerns of today. On each episode, we examine the latest developments in applied research and education and how it impacts your business and social outcomes. Our host, Tracy Shirachi, brings you conversations with groundbreaking researchers, educators, and business leaders who are changing the face of leadership every day. And now, here's Tracy. Hi, everyone. I'd like to introduce Jessica Martone to you. I'm really excited about this particular interview because I get to interview one of my own, so to speak, um, and super excited to do that. Uh, Jessica Martone is the Director of Evaluation and Research for The Mark. Uh, she spent six years with The Mark and has a PhD in social work, uh, education, and immigration, and really is looking to um, talk a lot about like data as king is our theme for this month. So one thing I'd like to ask Jessica is why should people think about data? What is important? And if you have some fears around data, what are some things that one should really think about and why is it important, especially right now during a pandemic where there's a lot of chaos, lack of clarity? What is it that um, really drives you and what would you say is really the thoughts around data is king? Thanks, Tracy, for having me join you. I'm excited to talk a little bit more about what I get to do with the company and it's something I love doing and I'm passionate about. So uh, it'd be great to share with others. Uh, we've been around for a long time working with so many different kinds of clients and data has become so important uh, more recently because of the need for funding uh, due to the pandemic. But I think data has always been important. I think people are just really now seeing that uh, you need to demonstrate what you're doing, how you're doing it, how well you're doing it in order to get that continued funding or new funding to help your organization to push through. Now, I know a lot of people are really fearful about evaluation when they think about, you know, somebody coming in and taking a look at their information if that person's external. That can be scary, but evaluation, you know, first of all, doesn't have to have an external party. It can be totally an internal process. I think what we want to encourage as a company is that people are taking a look at those processes and that they're identifying what they should be doing as an organization, as a company, as a business to identify metrics and have a plan for measurement and get information out to those key stakeholders and potential funders. And, you know, we're here to help in any kind of way with that process, whether that's like, you know, lending an ear and just trying to provide advice or whether it's actually carrying out evaluation for somebody. But I know that when you hear that word evaluation or assessment, it can be very scary and, and people, you know, they don't want to know how they're doing because, you know, what if they're not doing well? And I think that's one of the biggest fears is, you know, what if the results are bad? But, you know, we always like to tell people results are important, whether they're good or they're bad, because the only way to grow and change and keep doing the work that you're doing is to know the truth and to know what's really happening with your program. 
whether that's how someone likes your program, how someone's doing in your program. And it's critical to put in place some kind of process for understanding that information. And so if you're afraid of data, you know, we're here to make it an easier, more approachable process. We work really collaboratively with people and, and we start with the basics. So, you know, what is evaluation? Why is it important? How can it help your organization? We, we meet you where you're at. So if you're somebody that, you know, doesn't know much, that's okay. You know, we, we, we work with people who have no evaluation experience and who have been evaluating for their, their programs for years and just want to improve what they're doing. And we, one of our, you know, main values as a company is, is collaboration and working really closely with our clients to help them understand what's happening. And, and we do that through an education process. And, and I think that we've had really good results and relationships developed over the years, helping people understand what's going on with their programs. They've been able to make really amazing changes because of getting data that tells them what's happening. And we make recommendations and they're able to improve or modify. And I think evaluation over time becomes less scary for people. Once you take that first step and you start getting the information and you realize, hmm, you know, this is this is really useful to know what's happening. And I think becomes less scary for people. And, and we can really help them identify uh, how to take that information and, and keep moving forward and growing. Well, something I think that you brought up that's really interesting is this idea of metrics. And I know even in amongst companies and businesses, a lot of them talk about key performance metrics or key performance indicators, right? And we throw around these KPIs or definition of KPIs, like we all know what that means. And oftentimes I think we think of it in terms of financial ratios or the accounting department or the finance department, or like you said, funders um, look at KPIs. But I think to elaborate a little more, like are KPIs only financial indicators or key performance indicators related to finances, but can it be other things? Like what are these metrics that you describe um, and how do people really know what those are? How can they understand or learn um, how to incorporate different types of metrics maybe? Yeah, that's a good question. I think one, one thing that we always like to talk about internally ourselves is that there's so many different ways to describe the same thing. So maybe somebody uses key performance indicators. Somebody talks about, you know, what their outcome metrics are. You know, there's, there's different ways to, to name the same thing. And I, and I think the ultimate goal is that you want to identify what it is you want to be happening in your organization or your company. What, mm -hmm. what do you want to see occurring? And you identify, you know, things like what are the number of people we want to reach this year? What, what's our funding goal for the year? What's our, you know, social media, you know, plan for the year? How many people we want to reach through social media? All of these participants that we're, that we're reaching, whether that's individuals or families, what do we want them to learn? What do we want them to know? How do we want them to change and grow because of the work we're doing? So there's all these different kinds of indicators that you want to identify. And it's, you know, the important thing that we talk about all the time is you don't want to just look at counting the numbers, you know, numbers of dollars, numbers of people, numbers of partnerships that you form. All of that is critical and really important. But 
the work that you're doing, you know, whether you're a nonprofit or a for-profit or an academic institution, whatever work you're doing is creating some kind of change for people. And it's critical that you identify what that change is and figure out a way to measure it. So whether you call it key performance indicators or, you know, outcome measurement or, or your impact areas, whatever it is, you know, you want to make sure that you have a shared language among the stakeholders in your organization and you come up with a plan. And, and from there, you come up with a, a measurement strategy for those different indicators. Well, what I really like is also, I think, another area is like change or impact, right? Like people use impact a lot and sometimes it's overused and it's trying to understand what impact means. And something you just highlighted is the word change. Like how do you measure and demonstrate change and I think especially right now where resources are constrained in a pandemic environment and people want results, they want to see that change. They want to know that change. They want to see like, hey, if I start this diversity initiative in a company or if I, um, people are in need of food or shelter, right? What kind of change or impact am I having on people's lives and is it sustainable? Are these initiatives sustainable or are we just you know, throwing dollars and people at problems or putting band-aids on things. So um, when you look at change, like how do you really approach that? How do you measure that? I think that's a common question we're often asked is how do you, how do you measure change? I know the million dollar question, right? <laughs> how do you get, how do you get those answers? How do you know if the work you're doing is meaningful? And there are a lot of different ways that we approach that in our work and you know, one of the most basic ways that we do that is tracking certain information about people. So you want to know who your participants are, you want to know certain things about them. And, you know, whether that's demographic characteristics, um, programs that they're participating in, um, maybe it's, if we're talking about donors, maybe it's a donor profile that you're coming up with. So that's, you know, basic profiles that you put together on the people that you're reaching. But that, you know, that only takes you so far because then that's just about the people, but not what happened to the people. So how do we know what happened to the people? Well, you know, common ways to get that information are survey and another is interview and focus groups. At the Mark, we find it really, really critical whenever possible to try and integrate in that qualitative component. You learn a lot from talking directly with the people that you're serving. You know, a survey is great. It can help you understand a lot of different trends and a lot of different things that are happening with your participants. But, you know, there's only so much you can get from somebody checking a box or filling something in. You, you want to spend the time to talk to your participants. Some people call that testimonials. Maybe it's a formal interview. But you want to know directly from that person what did they experience in your program? How did they change? What did they gain? What did your program do for them that another program didn't or that they couldn't have done on their own? And oftentimes it's talking directly with those people you're serving. You get that really rich information. And I know a challenge then might be timing. It's hard to you know, reach all of these different people that you've served. And, and you don't need to interview every single one. You know, pick, pick a few. Identify what some key characteristics are that you're looking for. 
and uh, and pick a random sample of people to reach out to. Uh, you don't need to interview every single person that you served if you're serving hundreds and thousands. We know that that's very time and labor intensive. And uh, so survey is easier when you're trying to reach a large, large group, but pair that with going directly to the people and talking to them and, and pick a smaller group to do that with. And those are the ways that we really, really like getting feedback from individuals and some of the most common methods that we're using for gathering data around change and impact. So how do you, um, like, how do you know what's a good representative sample or not? Sorry, my kids just walked in. But how do you, how do you know what a good representative sample is of um, enough people? And the other piece is, are you describing, like, evaluation is kind of like market research or what is it? Yeah, well, figuring out the exact sample size that you need is definitely a challenge. And if you're going to be really particular about it, there's a methodology that you can use for figuring that out. And, and you can do a power analysis to figure out, uh, you know, how many individuals should be in your sample. But again, you know, that sounds scary and time consuming and, and hard. I mean, I think you want to take a look at who are your participants and you know, if, if you're reaching different types of participants, uh, pick somebody from those different groups, or if you're focusing on a specific characteristic, um, identify, you know, what that is and, and pick, you know, maybe you, you're trying to reach five or 10% of the people that you would fully serve. There's no, you know, magic or exact number for what I'm describing right now, but if you are doing you know, a, a research project and you really wanna make sure that you're hitting your numbers in order to generalize results, there's lots of uh, formulas that you can use to figure out exact sample sizes. But I, wouldn't, I would say just in general that you know, figuring out what the magic number is is not the most important part, but certainly something that you know, we can help with or that there are existing formulas to do, but you just wanna make sure that if you're serving different individuals, different kinds of individuals, that you're, you're hearing each of their voices. Because if you're just hearing people from a certain demographic, you know, that's only part of your sample. If you're only interviewing the people that write back, maybe those are the people that liked your program the best and, or, or the least, but there are certainly other people. So you wanna you know, try really hard to figure out you know, who it is you want to be talking to and what kinds of experiences you think maybe they had in the program so that you're not missing a whole perspective. You want to make sure that you're capturing different perspectives. Which I really appreciate because what you've really highlighted is the distinction, I think, between evaluation work and, let's say, market research groups or surveys in general. Like, there's a applied research or a methodology or a science that evaluators are using to really demonstrate uh, the type of impact and what's being reported and type of finding. It's really the approach, I guess, is what you're describing in terms of how you execute that work. The approach to the work itself it is the distinction between the type of results you get too. And so who do you exactly. work with yeah. in terms of um, clients and organizations that come to you in terms of are find that they're ready for adopting evaluation or really looking to do evaluation work what are some of the struggles that they're having or problems that they're having that they that help them to identify they could really use evaluation work to help them 
So over the years, uh, I've mainly worked with two um, two main groups uh, in for for evaluation. So I'd say that the first and kind of primary group that I worked with was academic clients, and the academic clients that we tend to work with are are people that have federal grants that typically require an external evaluator. So when they're coming to us, they're often coming to us because of a need that they're trying to meet to carry out the grant as they're supposed to. Some of them come with evaluation knowledge and some do not. And I think those that are coming with no experience in evaluation are a little bit fearful of what the process is gonna be like and, and really don't know where they fit into the process. So we try to do you know, a lot of client education around evaluation from day one when we start talking to people. You know, How do we work with you? What are some of the expectations you should have of us and that we should have of you? Here's what a typical evaluation will look like. Here's what level of involvement we need from you. We try to make that all very clear in the beginning so that people know what to expect and they know what their uh, level of commitment will be to the evaluation of the project. We've found over time that once somebody has engaged with evaluation, whether that be for a year, three years, five years, they often come back when they've got their next grant, even if an evaluator isn't required because they see the importance of having evaluation added to the project. And then they know funders really like this information. So even though it's not required, I'm still gonna use your services because you bring an outside perspective to what we're doing that's so critical for demonstrating you know, the value of our work and what we've been able to achieve with it. So that's with our academic clients. With the nonprofit clients we've been working with the past couple of years, uh, we've seen people again in, in, in different places about evaluation knowledge and, and interest in engaging in evaluation. And I think that we've done a lot of education in the community, trying to reach people through workshops that we've been doing and teaching them what evaluation is. And I think that's really kind of generated some more interest in our services and kind of help people understand how evaluation works, how they can work with us, how it adds value to their organization. And so I think that some of the outreach that we've been doing in the community has been really, really critical for helping to build knowledge about what evaluation is. Now, when our nonprofit clients come to us, they've had different kinds of needs. Some of them have already been collecting data for years, but they don't know what to do with it. You know, we've got all this information and we want to tell a story. Well, how do we analyze it? What do we do with it? So, you know, we've gone in and we've worked with groups. We say, you know, basically give us a data dump and we'll, you know, we'll tell your story for you. We'll show what impact you've been having in the community. But then there are certain people that are certain organizations that they don't know where to start. You know, they really want to have information to share with their funders, but they don't know where to begin. So we start at, you know, step one with them. Let's design a logic model, which is a diagram that shows what it is you're doing and what kind of impact you want to have in the community. And we map it all out and then we figure out a strategy for how they should be collecting data, who they should be collecting it from, when they should be collecting it, and 
we can help them do that. We do help organizations do that. Sometimes organizations want to do that piece on their own, but we help guide them along, uh, along that path so that they can start gathering that information that they need to, one, understand how their program is doing, and two, demonstrate that to others. So I think that all of the groups we've worked with have been in very different places, but you know, we really know how, again, to meet people where they're at and whether that's starting with education and capacity building or just helping them kind of scale up their, their efforts. Well, and one thing I think you highlighted too is it's providing, the data is helping to provide clarity. Like it's helping, it sounds like it's helping individuals make better decisions, but also know what they need to improve upon or what they need to change. And it's one of those things that anybody or everybody can really benefit from, especially when there's so much information that's out there or so much noise that's out there. This event is changing. This thing is going on simultaneously. Like there's just so much to manage. And are you guys only working with nonprofit programs? Or are you also working with foundations or donors? And how about like on the corporate side, how can this really benefit some of the businesses or companies in terms of understanding data or understanding results or uh, community impact or that type of thing? Yeah, we've uh, started working uh, with actually all of those different groups that you've mentioned and and in, in slightly different ways. So mm -hmm. with funders, it's uh, also critical that there's a strategy in place. I think no matter who you are or where you work, you want to have some kind of strategy for what it is that you do and you want to be able to share that strategy with your key stakeholders. And whether that's people that are investing in your company or people that are donating money to your company or people that are participating in your program, you know, people want to know what it is that you're doing and what's supposed to happen because of it. So that strategy looks a little bit different for a funder, for a nonprofit, for a business, but everybody has some kind of strategy that they're following. And so it's really critical that we can help them map out what that strategy is. And with funders helping them identify, you know, what is that main key critical area where they want to make a difference? And once they know that, again, mapping out, okay, who are the organizations you want to reach in order to make that happen? And what are your expectations of those organizations? What should their expectations be of you? What do you, what kind of, you know, reporting requirements do you want to put in place? And so we help funders think through all of that. And, and help them put together a, a strategy for demonstrating that impact that they're wanting to have in the community. And then with for-profit companies, there's so much information that I think goes uncollected and, and, and not thought about within a company. A lot of people are really focused on finances, finances, finances. And when the finances aren't where you want them to be, you know, why is that? There's so much happening behind the scenes that's critical to look at within an organization. You need to look at, you know, how it's set up, the culture, the environment, the training, the mentoring, the um, level of supervision and coaching that happens in an organization. There's so many pieces related to environment and culture that help you better understand where your company is at, how it's performing and where it's projected to go but you have to ask the right questions. And so we're helping companies figure out what those questions are so that they can get that information and better understand you know, their current performance and, and how to make adjustments for future performance. 
which I think is really critical right now. I'm super excited to hear how this evolves and how it changes and what becomes of the work. So I know we're nearing our time. In terms of like, can anyone just get any evaluator or where do they find evaluators? Like in terms of uh, what makes the mark distinct or where do you look for evaluators? I mean, it's a, it sounds like it's a something a lot of people don't know about. So where would they start? And where do you start? Like, is it a conversation? Um, what do, where do people start if they want to learn more? Yeah, that's a, a good question. How do you find us? <laughs> How do you find the evaluators that were hidden out there? Um, yeah, there, there's evaluation and research groups that, you know, are, are, are similar to us that are small firms that are serving uh, different, different groups, but there's also, you know, within academic institutions, research centers. So, um, you know, maybe people have heard of some of the larger research centers, but there are small companies like us that probably have a little bit more um, availability to work on a collaborative level with a group. And I think that's one thing that makes us unique and distinct from other evaluators is that we want to be a part of what people are doing. We want to understand what they're doing. We're going to do our best work if we really know the program, the people administering the programs, the people benefiting from the programs. And I think that makes us a little bit different than some of those larger firms that maybe um, are a little bit less involved because they, you know, they take the information and and look at the data and provide back a report, but the priority is is not so much about getting to know the program and the people. And you know, I can't say that for every group because I don't know what every every group's process is. But I just know from feedback that we've received from clients that we prioritize knowing the people in the program, and, and that's been very appreciated over the years. And I think that people really, really. Um, admire that we want to get in there and understand the work and when we have results we want to walk people through those results and help them make sense of the information and figure out the next steps and then we check back in with clients and see how they're doing with the information and you know we're we're there at every step of the way and as as much as you want us to be involved and will let us we're going to be involved because we're all super passionate about the work that we do and and we want to be there to to help and, and guide as much as possible. And so I think that's a huge value add that we bring to, to our approach. Well, this is really helpful, Jessica. I really appreciate your time and just joining me for this podcast and sharing this information with everyone because obviously we're a strong proponent of evaluation, but I think hearing, for people to hear directly from you, what your take is on it and how you feel about it and what is the philosophy of the, of the mark um, and how are things are approached. It's really appreciated. So I appreciate it, Jessica. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Driving Outcomes. If you'd like to listen to or download other episodes of Driving Outcomes, go to ewnpodcastnetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast networks. Please also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn as The Mark USA. We hope you'll join us again next week for more conversations with today's leaders 
who are driving for results and achieving phenomenal business outcomes. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.